Bravely Being, a podcast for sisterly conversation where we unpack life shit, stress, loss, emotional turmoil. We've all been there and it's normal. We believe it's time to bring these issues into the light, delve inward and move forward. So we welcome everyone on our journey and hope our conversations resonate with you as we lean in, listen and learn from each other. This is Bravely Being with Danica and Megan, who's not in good voice today. I tried my best. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to season two, episode two, Loneliness. Loneliness. Um, I would say before we get started, um, the topic of loneliness is vast, um, and this is only our interpretation of how we interpret loneliness in our lives um, and in our interactions with others. We, of course, do not know all the answers, but, you know, we invite you to be brave in exploring the unknown. We're going to be using questions to probe our exploration of the idea of loneliness. And we invite you to use these questions yourself to connect with how you interact with loneliness, how you deal with loneliness, and how you can continue to improve and hopefully evade loneliness because it is not fun. Um, and, you know, we invite you to join the conversation. Danica, maybe you can tell them a little bit about what to expect on our Instagram. Yeah, so we're going to be asking these really fun, insightful questions. And you can take a second right now to take out a little journal or write these questions down, or you can find these questions again on our Instagram at Bravely Being Podcast. So we hope that you get something out of this and we want this to be more of an open conversation with you. We love engagement, interaction, and we love to hear your thoughts because like Megan said, we are just, we're two ladies doing our thing and just talking about things that impact us and hopefully also impact you, obviously impact you because it's a human condition and everybody gets a little lonely sometimes. Lonely, I'm Mr. Lonely. Even though I'm in bad voice, I have to sing. Um, Any other lonely songs? (laughs) Uh, That was the first one that came to mind. Do you know that one, Danica? Yeah. I just remember hamsters singing it, (laughs) like the hamster voice. Yes, it is very hamster voice. (laughs) Throwback. I don't know. There's definitely other lonely songs in the world, but I can't think of any right now. I'm sh- I'm sure other musical opportunities will come up. I, we'll just leave that lonely song lonely. Yes, <laughs> we will leave it alone. Badoom. Yes. <laughs> mm, I was gonna go there, but <laughs> you went there. <laughs> Love okay. It. Well, Megan. Can you recall a time where you felt lonely and what does loneliness feel like to you? Hmm. Well, I'm not going to refer to a specific time where I was lonely because I would say my um, move to Maryland in, I guess it was November 2020. Wow, that feels a long, long time ago. Um, Moving out of state for the first time to a state where I had only limited amount of interactions or knowing people. And what does loneliness feel like to me? Um, To me, I feel like loneliness is really sneaky. Um, I told myself for a very long time that I didn't feel lonely after my move. But um, I kept feeling like something was missing. And I I feel like that's another 
alarm for me when I uh, feel like something's missing that could be the missing of connection with the people that I care about, um, which inherently is loneliness. So I would say, yeah, to me, loneliness is the feeling of something's missing in my life that is important to me. And it's also very, very sneaky. Danica, what does loneliness feel like to you? Mm-hmm. When did you feel lonely? Yeah, I think that's a great definition because when we think of loneliness, it could just be like this giant abstract idea where everyone is, I mean, everyone feels it differently, I'm sure, but it's just, it's more of an absence than something that is concretely in the world. You know, it's like the absence of this social interaction or meaningful um, engagements that you have. And oh my gosh, when have I not felt lonely? <laughs> uh, <laughs> in the past, <laughs> I'm just lonely. No, just kidding. I'm not. Well, I guess I'm. I am lonely. <laughs> I just cornered myself into a corner. Um, <laughs> so That's a corner. Uh, yeah, the, the lonely corner. Who else is here? Raise your hand. I guess then it wouldn't be lonely. I'm raising mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely felt lonely when I was in Nepal for the two years that I was there because no one else could really engage with me in a way that was culturally similar because, of course, I was living in a village by myself. The nearest volunteer was like a three or four hour walk away. So that caused extreme loneliness. And you would think that I would be used to the feeling of being lonely, but then coming back to covid of course, is a whole different type of lonely. And now I have moved across the U.S. and find myself in yet another town. I've moved twice in the state of Arizona. Right when I was starting to make roots in Flagstaff, then I moved to a tiny little town and I'm living off a highway right now, but it's fine. (laughs) I just imagine you on the side of a highway with like your thumb up. Basically. Like, hitchhiking yeah I think Dolly tried to do that the other day she like she ran away because I yelled at her because she was she ate my butter off of the table and I yelled at her and then she ran away and ran across the highway it was pretty scary but I got her back because I saw her running towards the highway (laughs) anyway oh my god (laughs) shout out to my dog for making me feel less lonely that's scary I know yeah honestly Dogs are the true MVP of this time. And I love that you mentioned COVID um, in relation to loneliness, because I feel like there is truly a difference between um, loneliness and social interaction now that um, we are in this COVID never-ending bubble. And I mean, even the term like social distancing, like that already puts space between you and other people taking away that meaningful interaction, which, um, you know, loneliness as defined by Brene Brown (laughs) is the absence of uh, meaningful interactions. It could be perceived as social isolation, but really it just comes back to the absence of meaningful social interactions. So like an intimate relationship, friendships, family gatherings, or even community or work connections. And if you think about that, I think everyone has felt disconnection, which is what she's talking about here with loneliness. Um, Everyone's felt disconnection through this pandemic. And I think a lot of people find themselves feeling lonelier 
than they did before, or maybe experiencing loneliness for the first time and not knowing how to handle Mm -hmm. it. Adults, children, elders alike. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And talking about disconnect, there's such, in America, like there are definitely different cultures within America, but there's a very singular like American culture of uh, consumerism and commercialism that is definitely not found in other countries. So as someone that's lived in another country and I don't know. I could speak mm. for some of my friends as well that have have felt this. There is a total disconnect when you're trying to interact and and just be in this American life because it's so different. And anyone that's experienced trauma or anyone that's made a big change in their life or just something has happened, they will feel this disconnect. It's a natural part of life, but then finding those connections again can help in aiding out or getting out of that lonely space but I think yeah trauma is a huge factor in this disconnect that you can feel and leads to loneliness so it's just kind of a vicious cycle yes Mm -hmm. it's like a cycle that you have to break but then you already loneliness makes you feel isolated makes you purposefully feel disconnected and then leads to maybe anxiety, maybe depression. And again, these could be feelings that people are experiencing for the first time. Um, When you were talking about consumerism in America, it reminded me back to (laughs) Encanto, another Mm -hmm. musical reference. Um, In Luisa's song, Surface Pressure, you know, she says, um, I'm trying to remember the exact line. I may have to look it up. But she says, um, she questions her worth if she's not going to be of service in Mm. the song. And I think it goes back to, you know, so many people lost their jobs. Um, Students were not in the school building. Teachers were not in the building. Life was just turned upside down for so many people. And you have to think, were we prepared for that level of loneliness? And I'm pretty sure everyone can say no. (laughs) We were not prepared. No. And and it just is exacerbated. Still not prepared. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, when will this end? And when will I feel prepared? Probably never because it's unprecedented. How can you be prepared for something that's not precedented? So um, with those things in mind, um, going back to our questions. So another journaling question for those of you who are following along. When was the last time you felt lonely? What caused it and how did you react? And this kind of has a twofold. So um, Danica. Um, I'd say that... I felt lonely very recently just because I don't really I literally know no one in this town except for the people that I live with and I live with two other couples and um which is great they're great but I wish that I had more of a network and yesterday my one of my roommates texted me randomly and was just like do you want to go get your nails done and I was like yes 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 I want to get out of the house like let's do something we ended up also going to Goodwill and going to bird watching store two things that I love and it was great so I mean I I know when I'm lonely and it's I'm more of a social being when it comes to having kind of like a girl tribe I've always been someone that's had a lot of girlfriends around me but now I'm living with my partner and I feel like it's kind of isolating considering it's a new place and he has a network here but I don't really and so I think just trying to process that and reaching out to more people 
and I'm trying to sign up for art classes and do things and be more involved in the community because I'm not involved at all. And yeah, I definitely feeling isolated and feeling lonely is a huge part of my mental health right now and a reason why I'm not doing so great. But everyone has, you know, their peaks and valleys and yeah, journaling really helps. So hopefully this journaling prompt will help you a little bit. But yeah, Megan, same question. When was the last time you felt lonely and what caused it and how did you react? I love that you talked about peaks and valleys and I definitely want us to go back to talking about that. I think that's a beautiful way of seeing the ebb and flows of life. But yeah, I guess my response is kind of similar to Danica's. I feel very lonely in the workplace a lot. And that's something I have struggled with since I left my previous school in Florida. Um, Inherently because of COVID, you know, um, since I was starting online teaching for my current school Mm. and then transitioning into the building, not ever really getting a true orientation of where things are or meeting people actually in person because I already awkwardly met them all online. That is a whole (laughs) experience unique to these couple of years. I'm sure everyone can relate. Danica's checklist, I think Mm -hmm. she can relate to. Yeah. So um, a specific time where I felt lonely um, was probably last week, last Monday, I had an altercation occur between two students in the last five minutes of my guitar class. And I felt really lonely in dealing with that situation because I'm used to having, like Danica said, like a tribe of people around me, like a group of um, other music teachers or other teachers that are in proximity that I'm friends with. And unfortunately at my school, I don't have any other music teachers at my school and um, not really anyone who's down my hallway as much. Mm -hmm. So I felt really isolated and lonely in that situation because I didn't have anyone to vent those feelings to, because I think some people forget that, you know, as a teacher, of course, you know, we try not to take things personally, but when something like a physical altercation between two high school boys happens, um, and you're a relatively small young female who is at times standing between these two angry boys trying to separate them. Um, It can lead to an adrenaline rush and it can lead to a lot of emotions. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I felt very, I I felt like I had a panic reaction almost as soon as it ended. Like I felt a bodily like anxiety rush um, from all the emotions that happened. And it, stemmed from, of course, the altercation. That's what caused it, but also not having the additional support of anyone following up with me and saying, hey, are you okay, Megan? Like, what's going on? Like, breathe. Like, that wasn't your fault. It's okay. Um, And I didn't have that support in the moment. And that was definitely isolating for me. Mm -hmm. So how did you find support or did you? How did I find support? Um, I mean, I supported myself, honestly. Um, it was the end of the day. So thankfully, when the altercation happened, I was able to get support from my administration and they handled it. So I closed my door and I felt those feelings and I let myself feel anxious. 
I let myself know that it was okay. I did a couple yoga poses, um, just finished yoga with Adrian's 30 day move challenge. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. You can always go back and do it. Um, it was a very lovely experience and enlightening 30 days for me. And I think it would be for you too. And it was honestly a saving grace in that moment. I just like did a forward fold <laughs> and like ragdolled my way oh. around until I felt normal again. Um, and kind of gave myself a couple hugs to know I'm okay. And then I left, (laughs) I went home, um, to my dog to, you know, help make me feel better. So that's, that's how I handled it in the moment. And honestly, looking back, I don't think I would have, um, handled it any differently. You know, things are out of my control and, you know, I couldn't control those boys from fighting. You know, I did my best and I couldn't stop it. It was going to happen either way. And, you know, I, I know that I don't have that support down my hallway aside from me and my students, you know, supporting me. But um, at the end of the day, I know I can rely on myself. And I was thankful that I could self-soothe during that time. So Danica, how would you handle your situation differently looking back, even though you're kind of currently still in your situation? Mm. Um how do you look to move beyond it? Yeah. I just wanted to note with your response of having had that, um, the vocabulary of, ha- of having done yoga and having that kind of like armor and ability to address what's happening as it's happening and like to be able to ca- kind of calm yourself down physically and psychologically, physiologically, I guess, Um it's really awesome. And I'm proud of you for doing that challenge. It's hard to do 30 days of yoga consistently. Yes. Um, but what would I do differently? Thank you, Danica. (laughs) You're welcome. I don't know. I guess not move to a tiny town. (laughs) Uh, no, just kidding. I, yeah, I'm trying to find community here so I'm kind of doing it now there's nothing I could have really done differently and I don't really regret moving here it's just I need to face the reality of living in a town that only has like one grocery store and nothing else it's like one of those small towns that you would drive through if you were on a a road trip out west or something and you're like who would live here and that's me now (laughs) so I just have to come to terms with that Um, And the loneliness it obviously incurs, but it's a whole different cultural evolution in itself because like you go to the grocery store and people are just in their spurs and cowboy hats and it's like what Florida wishes it was in terms of redneck, but Arizona actually is. I wanted to lead into our next little bit because when we were talking about doing an episode on loneliness, I was thinking, well isn't loneliness a positive thing? Can't it be a positive thing? And I do think parts of it are positive because you learn from this loneliness. And I think any kind of mental, emotional stimuli that you're given and your emotional response is kind of a message from your body, a message from your soul, and you got to listen to that. So I think loneliness is your soul or whatever, your inner being. (laughs) telling you something. And I think it's really important to listen to that and to speak to that. Um, But that being said, loneliness versus solitude. um, It's important to remember that being alone and loneliness are two very different things. 
Uh, we wouldn't really have Buddhism, probably, if we just thought that being alone was inherently negative. Yeah, um, I think you bring up a really good point because I think that's something I didn't understand, I think, previously in my life, that there is a difference between being alone and feeling lonely. And of course, we always want to feel challenged by our lives, right? We always want to have something that we can grow through and in order to develop into, you know, who we're meant to be or who we want to become. Um, but that doesn't make it le any less traumatic, you know, like being lonely can still be traumatic for some people and can be a very inherently negative thing. Well, I guess for some people, maybe it's not as big of a struggle. So I would say, you know, it, it, it's a personal thing as are all emotions. Um, but solitude to me is having the confidence and the bravery and the support either from inward or through your own personal connections to be able to stand alone in solitude mm. and feel comfortable and confident. While loneliness to me is negative because it's that absent of meaningful interaction. And if you don't have meaningful interaction, you know, I, I feel like that that leads to a lot of bad things. And, you know, I was reading, I have been reading through Brene Brown's new book and it sounds like we're sponsoring her or something. <laughs> I promise we're not, but Brene Brown is kind of my Jesus. Um, I would follow her <laughs> if she had a cult, uh, dead ass, I would. Um, but <laughs> her new book, Atlas of the Heart, um, has been really um, introspective for me. And in preparing for this episode, she has a whole chapter. Um, I believe it's titled, here's this, it's called Places We Go When We Search for Connection. And loneliness is a subset of that chapter. And this statistic stood out to me. And this is from a meta-analysis of studies on loneliness and by researchers that are not Brene Brown, but she cited in here. Um, and they found the following, that living with air pollution increases your odds of dying early by 5%. Living with obesity, 20%. Excessive drinking, 30%. But living with loneliness, it increases our odds of dying early by 45%. Wow. Loneliness kills. Um, and for some, when I read that statistic, it really, it, it made me think about, okay, well, who in my life do I know that is lonely? And is threatened by loneliness. And I think one group of people that we can all, well, two groups of people, I would say, that I think feel the loneliness right now, loneliest, oh, can I talk? <laughs> loneliest right now are the elderly and kids who are in school. Would you agree, Danica? Yeah, I'd say so. But I think really everyone does. But I think comparatively then, yeah, probably those two subgroups? I would say too, like those two subgroups, I think it's m almost more dangerous because I mean, think about teen suicide rates. Like I don't, I don't know the statistics off the top of my head, but we know that kids commit suicide, um, especially when they're isolated and disconnected or AKA lonely. And, you know, you think about elderly, elderly people who are in homes 
and how you, you think of those, like the story of like the notebook, you know, they both died at the same time. They were lonely, you know, or so you ever hear of like a older couple mm-hmm. and like grandma dies first, but then grandpa dies a couple months later and you think, okay, well, why did he die a couple months later? Especially if he was healthy? Well, lonely, you know, um, it's life threatening mm-hmm. for those groups is kind of what I would say. Yeah, it definitely is. And yeah, it's all it all just comes back to we are social creatures and we need we need that comfort of other people being around us and having that mental, emotional, physical support is invaluable. And I think that's an another amazing reason why you're an amazing teacher, Megan, because we need those amazing teachers that actually care for their students and reach out to them and are there beyond the classroom. So little kudos to you for being a great teacher and, and trying to prevent loneliness. Thank you. You know, I, I give myself shit sometimes because I think like, oh, our songs are not performance ready or like my choirs don't sound good. But then I (laughs) try to remind myself that at the end of the day, I'm teaching my kids how to connect with one another and how to interact. And if I'm Mm -hmm. doing that, I'm doing my job. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say that loneliness is being alone and wanting the comfort from others. It's being alone and feeling like there's something missing and um, either not being able to pursue that or being afraid to pursue that or not having the energy to pursue that for whatever reason. It's this um, absence of something, whereas solitude is something that I think a lot of people seek you know, because their life is so hectic or they want some peace and quiet from their family or whatever, um, stereotypical reasons to, to seek solitude. But it's important to note the difference in that to be a holistic human, you have to be able to sit with yourself and be with yourself and, and make yourself happy before you make other people happy. You can't make other people happy unless you're happy. And sometimes that involves being alone. But that's the difference between solitude and loneliness is loneliness is you're wanting the comfort from others and you're not getting that comfort. There's something that is off and you're not getting what you need from your relationships. It's all social. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what popped up in my brain when you were talking uh, was about the missing piece. Like I, I imagined like a puzzle. You know, it's like you have that missing puzzle piece and you just can't figure out where it is. It's like hiding under the sofa or it's hiding in the meaningful interactions you should be having with your friends so you can fill that puzzle piece void, you know? So some things to think about, some things to visualize. And um, another Brene Brown plug, because her book on braving the wilderness really does explore. I think, what was it, like the second or third chapter was another thing we both read um, in preparation for this episode. And I feel like Brene Brown, of course, uh, she's a researcher on um, shame and connection. So uh, I highly recommend if this is a topic that intrigues you to explore her work um, in Braving the Wilderness or in Atlas of the Heart, because I feel like there's a lot that we can learn and delve into when it, as Danica said, the difference between solitude and loneliness, there is truly a difference. And it's important to know um, in terms of yourself and life. 
So I think moving on yeah. from there, Danica, what can you learn from loneliness and think in terms of yourself, your relationships, your path, so on and so forth? Oh, what can I learn from loneliness? I've learned – well, what I was thinking also when you were talking about um, the missing puzzle piece is I just – I think – when I hear that, that people are talking about romantic relationships, but I mean, these don't even have to be human relationships. Like you can have a great, really, this sounds a little strange, uh, <laughs> but you could have a relationship with a dog or you could have a relationship. Like, I don't know. You could have, I'm just saying from my own experience, having Dolly, like when I first got her and throughout really whenever I'm with her, I don't feel this isolation. I don't feel lonely. Um, it's just in comparison with other human relationships that I feel loneliness and it doesn't have to come from a romantic partner or a life partner or whatever you can. And you can still definitely feel lonely while having a really supporting, supportive, loving romantic partner, you know, that's not going to fix everything in your life. You need a social group, you know? And I think that's kind of what I've learned from loneliness was my baseline for happiness and what I need to feel okay in the world. And yeah, I guess when I feel lonely, it's, it's basically telling me that I, I need to have that connection, whether it be with a new person or, you know, a stranger or, or reconnecting with an old friend. I think reconnecting with an old friend is like the easiest way for me to not feel lonely, even if I'm not specifically with them, just calling them up for talk and talking for 20, 30 minutes minimum, you know? Yeah. But Megan, what can you learn from loneliness? Yeah. I love what you said, Danica. And also just a disclaimer for our viewers. Um, if you notice a little bit of um, disjunctionness in this episode, it is because Danica and I are recording from two very different states, Maryland to Arizona. And of course, internet and other things beyond our control do contribute to a lag in this podcast. So um, just as a disclaimer for all, I think you guys deserve to know that me and Danica do still like each other. We do like to talk <laughs> back and forth, but it it is a little bit harder for us to talk um, like we normally do due to this lag. So thank you for being patient with us. Um, but going back to your question, what can I learn from loneliness? I'm not trying to cheat my answer off of you, Danica, but I think you can learn that even if you have a solid relationship, like as Danica was saying, you know, like it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. Even if you have that in your life, you can still feel lonely. I totally agree with Danica. For me, I feel the most comforted from loneliness when I'm talking to friends, like friends where I don't have to explain who I am and where I'm from and my experience, and I don't have to justify myself. Um, they just get it. And mm. I think what loneliness has been teaching me is it's teaching me who to prioritize, in my life? Who do I want to connect with on a consistent basis? Um, so as a result, I'm trying to consistently talk to friends more, um, specifically the relationships I have with people who are out of state. And I have to say, like, 
through our Bravely Being podcast, like, you know, Danica and I meet regularly for that. That kind of helped with that idea. Um, and in mm-hmm. addition to that, my um, friend Spencer, shout out to Spencer. He was the band teacher um, at Mulberry Middle School when I was the chorus teacher. And I was so, so spoiled to have him next door. I never felt lonely when I worked with Spencer. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, Spencer um, helps me to not feel lonely now because we talk every other week on the phone. Monday evenings and I know it sounds I feel like a grandpa for being like we talk every Monday at five every other week you know um but it it makes me feel good to know that like oh well I know I'm following up with my friend on this day at that time and you know it's something consistent and it it brings me closer to those people and it brings me it reminds me more of who I am because I find myself in loneliness forgetting who I am and what I stand for. And they make me feel brave and remind me who I am at my core. Oh, I got chills. Wow. Brene Brown, you can hire me anytime. Honestly, I feel like if she heard you talking, she might actually hire you. Maybe someone someone put in a good word for me, please. I would quit my job. Okay, don't tell my job that I would quickly <laughs> switch careers in a heartbeat. But I think mm. at this point in the podcast, it's time for two happies and a sappy. Danica, your turn. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. First happy is that I ate a whole box of mac and cheese today, uh, <laughs> and it was. Annie's, of course, but I really love Annie's shells and white cheddar. That's kind of what I was um, raised off of. But like on the fancy days when I was feeling extra, I would get the different characters and they have a dog and cat one, which was really delicious. And my crappy or sappy, whatever, um, crappy is that I am currently in the throes of loneliness. So this podcast is helping me honestly just talk through it a little bit which is nice um so I guess it's kind of also a happy but my last happy is that I went to therapy this morning yay therapy and I have a new therapist new location and she's pretty cool it's a little bit weird because she's just a little bit older than me and it kind of feels like I'm talking to a friend but yeah, I think everyone should be open to therapy because it's honestly just great to vent your feelings. I just talk for basically an hour and she just listens and I feel not guilty telling her all my emotional stress and trauma. Like I would feel that guilt talking to a friend or like maybe a friend wouldn't really have the attention span or the energy or the space to listen to all my shit. But that's what therapy is for. <laughs> Yay. I'm so proud of you for working through the throes of loneliness because you, as we both know, um, and I'm sure our, uh, whoever's following along with us um, would agree that loneliness does not feel good and is very hard to process. So I'm proud of you for doing that work. Two happies and a crappy. Um, Well, I guess my first happy is right before we started recording, I had my first alterations consultation for my wedding dress this afternoon. So that was exciting. I had this lovely woman. Her name was Natalie. And 
She was from the Ukraine, which was also interesting to talk about given all the um, craziness that's going on with UK and Russia and NATO right now. Um, So that was interesting. And she was, she was lovely and it was so sweet because as soon as I opened the, um, like where where I was coming out of the dressing room, I opened the door and like showed her my dress. She just goes beautiful. And I was like, Ah oh, yes, it's it's nice to hear from someone who hasn't seen yeah. the dress before. Oh my god, it's beautiful! So um, I'm very excited, and Natalie, I'm very thankful for her expertise um, in all that she's doing to make my dress even more beautiful. So that's my first happy. My sappy was that my first period class really made me angry this morning. They just were doing things that were silly and they weren't really paying attention and I just was feeling grouchy and was not having it and my happy is that my third and fourth period kids were amazing and I kept telling them you guys need to go tell first period to like get their crap together because y'all are awesome we were singing in three-part harmony in third and fourth period oh my god and they were singing on their own without me having to lead them because obviously my voice is not good right now um, especially for singing ah no bad Um, so I was really proud of third and fourth period for stepping up today so they they remind me why i love what i do that makes me happy (laughs) yeah they they're good beans really good beans have you talked to them about loneliness what we started doing last week i'm doing more name games with my kids because at this point in the year i really strongly feel that the kids need to know who they're sitting Mm -hmm. next to and who else is in the room with them and so that's kind of been my focus recently and i i hope that helps mitigate loneliness because I'm over here trying to get rid of loneliness in my classroom. And so I'm hoping that activities like that can help fend loneliness off, which brings us into the next section. Now, when I feel like when I was personally thinking about loneliness, I realized that, you know, when you feel lonely, as I said earlier, you feel like something's missing Um, and it's sneaky. Like maybe you can't label what's missing, but you know, something's missing, you know, something's not right. And it's causing disharmony in your life. And so what I like to do as the teacher, you know, kind of playing devil's advocate, I usually like to flip the question. So, you know, we were, we were discussing in the first half of the podcast, what makes you feel lonely. And so the opposite of loneliness is connection and authenticity. And so, um, moving into the next half of what we're going to talk about, um, I want us to think about authenticity and connection because really those are the best tools to fend off loneliness Mm -hmm. slash disconnection. So this made me ponder, where in your life are you free to be your authentic self? Or who can you be your authentic self with? And then delving into why? Yeah, those are such good questions. Mm. Where in my life am I free to be my authentic self? Probably when I'm out in nature and I'm just kind of it's kind of funny because usually I'm like sort of by myself when I'm in nature um, or I'm with Dolly. Like I like to be able to do my own thing and I don't want to be under the constraints of someone else's idea of what outdoor recreation should be. And I just want to kind of be um, with myself, 
which is not loneliness, but is more isolation side. Um, that's interesting. <laughs> that my yeah or no, yeah solitude or not solitude sorry um yeah. yeah that's interesting but oh, for you <laughs> to be my authentic self it's like this question I like but I also am like what is my authentic self you know I don't there's there's so many <laughs> there's so many facets of that of like well I feel pretty authentic when I'm here or here, but you're still under some constraints of uh, society and people around you if you're in a social situation. So I find it easiest to be my authentic self when I'm by myself in nature, like just walking around or hanging out or swimming or doing something active um, and just enjoying it and enjoying being alive. Like, when I go out in nature and I'm just so impressed by this world that we get to live in this earth that we get to live in, that I, that I'm able to put everything else on the back burner and not really think about it, you know, and just be there authentically and be in the moment, be there now. And yeah, I think I can be my authentic self with probably my, closest friends that have seen my authentic self and that I've been with for a long time um my significant other and my dog my family members so really the closest thing closest people around me and I think that's kind of why I'm feeling lonely now is because most of those people are not around me so that's what I'm feeling but same question to you, Megan. Where in your life are you free to be your authentic self? So I think authenticity, like as Danica mentioned, has many different facets. And, you know, your authentic self can have different mm-hmm. um, seasons too, you know? So spanning off of that, I would also say, you know, who am I my most authentic self with? Well, I feel like I show my most authentic self to my students most of the time, mm-hmm. you know, um, I show them my heart every single day. Um, of course, family to an extent. Um, I think about my bridal party, like those are my people. Those are the people who support me and that are willing to like show up for me. And so I've really been leaning into the people that I have chosen to like stand up with me on that day because they are truly my backbone and they accept me for who I am. And I don't have to put up any boundaries. I don't have to put up or not boundaries. We still have boundaries, but I don't have to put up any barriers to who I am. They love me for who I am. And I know I could basically say anything aside from, you know, some really mean insult and that they're going to love me anyway. So, um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I feel very grateful that I have a lot of places in my life where I feel like I can be my authentic self. And I hope that this question kind of helps you, uh, the viewer, or maybe even Danica or me, myself, you know, still like all of us, we can all learn from this. Thinking about who's my authentic self, when can I feel that freedom, you know, to be? Mm, to be or not to be. To yeah. bravely be is the, is the answer. For sure. <laughs> yeah. And what you were saying, Megan, of like having that core group of, you know, your your bridal party. I so I went to Florida in 
early November. Yeah, I think early November for a wedding. And I saw some of my friends from college and it just like, it was like we slipped back into college days and everything. We were so comfortable around each other. Like it was awesome. And just like the friendships that you make in college or high school or whatever, when you're with a bunch of people, when you have those solid foundations, those foundations you know, they don't really go away in a lot of cases. If you're lucky, if you're lucky, I should make that a caveat, you know, um, and you still have those core experiences with those people from whatever age period of your life. And like, when you can reflect on that with them, and it's like those people that have those experiences and those backgrounds are going into the world, going into the workplace the same time as you. And they're, approaching it I think in similar ways as you so it's fun to go back and talk to them and it's just it's nice to not have to explain yourself or introduce yourself or try to form those relationships all over again in new places which are important of course but it's really nice to have that that group it really helps in in grounding and feeling less lonely I think that's super important in the life cycle of a human (laughs) Absolutely. And I think that's why, like, now I look at my wedding and I think about all the connection I'm going to experience, of course, Mm -hmm. to my partner who I connect with every single day because I live with him. You know, I've been dedicated to Michael for years now. I feel like I've been married to him since we started dating. Um, Honestly, I, I knew he was going to be the person I married since then. So like, to me, it that even though of course it's symbolic and exciting that we're connecting, I think it's also really exciting and really sentimental for me to think about all the connection we're going to have on our big day with all of the people from all walks of life who I feel comfortable being myself around, all in one place, all celebrating us. And um, you know that I keep getting more and more excited for it because that's just going to be a time where I don't have to worry about telling people, hi, I'm Megan Yankst. I'm from Florida. And I promise I'm a kick-ass course teacher. You know, like I don't have to justify myself. All these people love me and know me already. And they're going to be there to celebrate me and Michael, which, oh my God, like just amazing. So, um, you know, thinking of places where you can be authentic and people you can be authentic with, I think leads us into our next question of like, how can you connect with your most authentic self? Um, For me, I feel like identifying where in my life I feel connected and I feel authentic is what led me to realize that like I feel the most authentic or I feel my most connected to my authentic self when I'm performing and leading and organizing groups for a common goal. Like that is it for me. Um, And of course, that's a little bit more career focused, but I think even in my life beyond that, you know, um, I love being here and discussing hard topics with my friend Danica, who I know I and trust to be my authentic self with. Um, and like, I think going through and looking at those places in my life where I can't be authentic helps me realize like, oh, I also feel the most authentic when I'm on my yoga mat and I'm quiet in that solitude. And that's a place maybe I didn't feel as authentic and comfortable with as I did before when I felt lonely. So I don't know. I kind of word vomited there. Danica, how can you connect with your most authentic self? 
I think that was a beautiful word vomit that came out as like an abstract painting and it was a beautiful piece of art. So. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, that being said, I think when I experience being um, my most authentic self would probably be when I'm creating something kind of similar to Megan. And I think that we're all inherently very creative beings. It's whether or not you choose to make the time and the effort to tap into that creativity um, and find that creativity if you're lucky enough to find something that you're creative at. Or, I mean, everyone's creative. You're creative in your choices, whatever, in your life. Um, but for me specifically, it would probably be painting or drawing or trying to learn the guitar even though my patience level is so small I like doing things that I'm good at and the guitar is not one of them so I feel not motivated to do it but <laughs> I feel pretty authentic when I'm doing it because I'm learning songs that I enjoy and also when I'm painting and it looks good then I feel like very authentic <laughs> and proud of myself I guess and I think you know, when I'm thinking of what is my most authentic self when it comes to doing an activity, I think that activity that you could do for hours and you kind of lose track of time because you're just so into it and you just lose track of everything besides that one task because you're so about that task and instead of like, you know, work or maybe work is something that you're super passionate about but you're probably not passionate about 100% of the things that you do when you're working um but you you get what I'm trying to say <laughs> yeah yeah I I love that you mentioned the guitar aspect because it helps me put into perspective as someone who for instance is kind of inverse of Danica I can pick up a guitar and play most things at least at a intermediate level and do it quickly. But if you ask me to paint something, I'm like, uh, what, huh? And then like, I'm trying to draw a dart. I remember very vividly um, playing Pictionary and I was trying to draw Darth Vader and no one could tell it was Darth Vader. My drawing skills are so horrendous. And so, you know, it's interesting to hear people's different strengths, you know, um, and finding happiness in tasks that maybe you dread and mm -hmm. also bringing up how Danica said, you know, for me, like, of course I, I go back to if this activity helped me recenter me and realize that like teaching and specifically like teaching choir and like music is something where I feel the most connected to others. And I feel the most connected to myself, but like, of course there are other things beyond just our careers that, um, can help us find our authentic selves. And, you know, sometimes we never find our authentic selves in our careers and that's okay too. You know, you got to pay the bills. Um, so, you know, maybe your authentic self is like out in nature, like what we were talking about earlier, or maybe your authentic self is vegging out on the couch and picking apart your favorite TV show and, you know, or cooking good food. Um, you know, your authentic self can be found anywhere. And I think, you know, um, finding those places where we can feel that kind of connection really do help 
give us the tools and the armor, as Danica was saying earlier, um, as yoga armored me to prepare with that fight between those silly high school boys, um, you know, connecting to our authentic selves and finding those connections in our life that truly give back to us and give us meaning are what defends us from loneliness. Mm-hmm. And that is going to bring us to our sass. Does everybody remember what sass is? Raise your hand. Save a sister from stress. Woo. Woo. (laughs) Yes. It's also an attitude. (laughs) I wanted to veer off of our plan for just a hot second. But also it, it goes into sass. But Megan, how can you tell if you're lonely? We didn't really talk about identifying if you're lonely and how do you identify that emotion I mean as I said earlier for me like loneliness is sneaky you know Mm -hmm. I feel like loneliness for me was really hard for me to identify in my own work um on myself and towards a better Megan Yankst you know I have a really I had a really hard time identifying it so For me, my warning signs for loneliness is when I'm starting to feel like I'm losing myself. Mm. Um, You know, for me, it's something's missing. I forget who I am. Oh, it's because I'm not around the people who make me feel like myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that has a big um, impact on how we go about our lives is Mm -hmm. who we surround ourselves with and the energy we surround ourselves with. And when I miss the energy from that, those meaningful connections, and I'm not getting that flow of energy from other people, like I find my tank running dry. And then I wonder why my tank is running dry. Oh, it's because I haven't connected with a friend in weeks or months, you know? So Mm -hmm. um, my warning sign again is something's missing, something's off. Um, And just beware because loneliness is sneaky. Danica, do you have any like tall tale signs for your like loneliness trends? I think that your answer was superb. I think that's a great answer. And I think it's something that probably our whole audience can relate to and understand. So I think you get an A plus plus for that. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I don't have people give me grades often, but when I do, I get an A. Yay, you're welcome. So what are some things that you can do to prevent loneliness? So I would say if you're trying to avoid loneliness, consistent communication with the people you love and the activities you love to do are your boom. That's your like an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Danica, what do you think? Your prompt of understanding what um, makes you uniquely happy or uniquely you or what you feel authentic doing. I think if you can be grounded and rooted in that, then that can help you identify when you're starting to feel lonely and help you prepare for those moments. Um, yeah. Another thing that I do that is more kind of related to depression and sadness is I have a list of things that made me happy. And I wrote them down in like a pretty little piece of paper and I have it up in my bathroom. So when I'm brushing my teeth or something, I can look at that and be like, oh, like if I'm in kind of a darker mood or something, I can be like, oh, scream singing in my car makes me happy. I should do that. (laughs) And trying to hit like two or three things on the list every day, because 
these are things that when I was brainstorming things that make me happy, these are the things that came up. So even if I'm not feeling happy and I don't want to do them, it's like if I force myself to do it enough, then I will feel that joy or at least on a minuscule part of me, you know, and then it will snowball hopefully into more joy. And yeah, a lot of, a lot of those things on that list are also related to loneliness. So reaching out to a friend or writing a letter to a friend, um, different ways to connect socially with people besides social media, which often is so isolating. It kind of tricks you, you know, you think that you're going to get this meaningful interaction with someone or you hope for this meaningful interaction with someone, but really it's just all surface level. We need something better than social media. We need, you know, those real relationships with people. Absolutely. And I love that you mentioned a very applicable way to invest in yourself when you're feeling low or you're feeling depressed, you know, having a list that you can go to, um, or affirmations, you know, I think we talked about that on the last episode, um, for me recently, like writing a list of affirmations, um, for things that are challenging me in my life. For instance, one thing that I keep saying to myself recently is I am educated and resourceful, you know, Mm. when I'm feeling down, Um, And using those to remind yourself there's power to my words, there's power to me saying this and investing in myself so that I can do this and I can feel better. Um, So I hope that, you know, the people who are listening, I hope you're following us on Instagram and thank you for following along with our story and for bravely being with us and exploring the scary, dark topic of loneliness Mm -hmm. Um, We hope that you feel more connected and can find some ways to connect with others and yourself and maybe even us. We would love to hear from you. You know where we are on the gram. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for bravely being. Bye.